Hello and welcome back to Anointed Fire. My name is Tiffany Buckner and we're going to talk about the proverbial one, the one that we believe that God has chosen specifically for us or does that even exist? Is that even a real concept? When I first started off in ministry, that was something I preached heavily. You know, I taught about the God-ordained spouse, the God-ordained spouse. Women came in droves to hear me talk about this man that God had predestined for them since the beginning of time. Or if not, you know, God had maybe maybe have chosen him at some point for them um, because, you know, God doesn't come against our will. And uh, maybe the one he predestined for them in the begin- since the beginning of time wasn't doing right or what have you. Nevertheless, um, that was something that I talked heavily about. And what I found relatively interesting, now first and foremost, let me say this, I am washing the dishes. So you may hear a little bit of background noise, but not too much because I don't have that many dish, those many dishes to wash. There's a cup, a knife, and a plate, and then I got two pots that I got to wash that are going to be, yeah, a little bit on the frustrating side because one of them I actually burnt some rice. And that was because I went upstairs while I was cooking it. I went upstairs and started working on some projects and uh, didn't forget about the rice. I just didn't realize how much time had passed. Um, and so it didn't burn it, thankfully. Um, it just burned the bottom. Um, thankfully, it didn't get that scorched taste to it or what have you. It, didn't even, it wasn't even scorched. It was already starting to get to there. So that's not what you're here to listen to. Uh, so just to say I am washing dishes. So if you hear water in the background, it's because I'm busting suds over here. Okay, so when I first started off in ministry, I taught heavily about this God-ordained spouse. I taught heavily about it. God gave me revelation. I taught and I discovered something that was that's really interesting to this day, even to this day uh, to me, is that whenever I would come across women, women in ministry and women outside of ministry, they believed in a concept of a God-ordained spouse. When I came across men, there were not very many, very many men who believed in that most men in ministry shot down the notion i remember going to a conference and you know um i've been invited to speak at this conference and we had this panel discussion or what have you and i mentioned you know um the god ordained spouse and the women are listening intently or what have you and uh later on in during that panel discussion probably the next day or because it was like uh three days i think two or three days we did panel uh but one of the guys, he shot down the whole, he was like, and you know, people walking around here thinking that, hey, you know, God give us free will and what have you. So he shot, he was, he started shooting down the notion of a God. And he didn't address me. He didn't say anything, but you know, I did feel some type of way because I had just taught that the day before. And I'm thinking to myself, I know what the Lord said to me. Um, but when he started saying that, the other guys were like, amen, amen. The women weren't saying any, weren't saying anything, but I realized that when it comes to men and women, they have a different view. And, you know, of course, we can chalk it up to women being hopeless romantics. But in all our honesty, that's not the case. And I went back to God about that. I was praying about that um, because I'm like, OK, I'm out here preaching something. Uh, I've amassed quite a bit of a following teaching this. And now I'm before seasoned ministers and not one of these males actually believe in it. And then over the course of time, I came across men who actually did believe in it. But ironically enough, the ones who did believe in it were men who were married, who believed that God had specifically chosen their spouses for them. They would say, you know, God showed me. I knew she was the one. I knew she was the one. And funny enough, the ones that who are against it, which a a large majority of men are against the notion. 
the ones who are against that notion, they typically, the ones that are married, they still refer to their wives. I knew she was the one. I knew she was the one. I knew she was the one. I'm like, well, if you don't believe in that notion, then why are you referring to her as the one? She's just the person that you've chosen. But, you know, saying the one is like saying, you know, the, the, the one that God ordained. Uh, the, uh, so, here's something that I wanted to discuss on today. One, is that concept real? One of the things God took me back to was the story of uh, Abraham. What well, Abraham was getting ready to pass away. And he sent his servant, don't remember his name, I think it was like Omariah, Obad, it wasn't Obadiah, but it was like, it was something. But no, nevertheless, he sent his servant to the land to find a wife for his son, Isaac. And he said, do not take any heathen daughter, any woman that's, you know, outside of my family. Um, basically, he just wanted a believer for his son. He made his servant swear that he wouldn't get his son a heathen. So he put his hand under his thigh and he made a solemn promise. He gets to the land and the first thing he does is he begins to pray. This is the servant. He begins to pray. And he said, God, let me know which one, you know, um, and, you know, I'm going to ask for water when the women come out because he went toward the well. And he said, as the women come out toward the well, I'm going to ask for water and uh, let the one say, uh, you know, basically, and I'm trying to. Phrase it as close to the Bible as I can, but yeah, I'll just say it like this. The gist of it was let the one say, you know, basically she'll draw water for me and then she'll say, let me get water for your camels as well. And that's what Rebecca did. Rebecca came out and he told Rebecca he was thirsty and she's like, okay, sure. I'll draw water from, for you. And she said, let me get some for your camels as well. And he read and he asked the questions, you know, found out her, her dad was, um, I think Abraham's brother. And he started rejoicing because he knew that God had answered his prayer. So what that did was that cut down the notion that there isn't a such thing as a God-ordained spouse. So here's the thing. After many years of prayer, right? You know, I honestly, I started teaching that doctrine less and less over the course of time because I saw how many men in ministry were against that doctrine and, you know, what have you. So I wanted to make sure that whenever I came back, you know, that I had my stuff together, that, you know, I wanted to make sure that first and foremost, I wasn't in error. And secondly, if I um, wasn't in error, that I came back with solid evidence said, hey, this is actually something that's true. Um, and so this is what I came to understand. One of the things God began to minister to me is about his perfect will versus his permissive will. And, you know, and so both of them are legal. Both of them are legal. So as a single woman, I can marry a man who is saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's God's permissive will. His perfect will is whenever I get him involved. His perfect will is when I surrender my will to his and I say, Lord, I trust you to choose. It took me back to the biblical days when the fathers would, in a, in a way, choose their daughter's, hus- their daughter's husbands. But not so much. The reason I say in a way, because basically what would happen was um, sometimes parents would come together and decide. But in many cases, you know, you know, they would decide that when the children were young. But in many cases, what would happen was maybe a young guy is out, you know, plowing the field or he does something. He happens to see 
um, the neighbor's daughter or what have you. And he likes her. He has a crush on her. He decides, hey, I want to marry this girl. So he would go and tell his dad. His dad would go over to the, you know, the house if they felt they were, you know, integral people. They would go over to the home and say, hey, my, my son um, is interested in marrying your daughter. And, you know, if the father agreed, many cases he gave the daughter a say in the matter. You know, he talked to his daughter about it and the daughter said, okay. Um, so basically, the daughter had an, a choice. The daughter could go with her father's perfect will. She could go with her, her father's judgment. So her father could sit back and say, hey, there's this guy. I think he's a really good, uh, good guy. Um, are you interested or what have you? She could say, yes, um, daddy, I trust you. You know, regardless of what I feel about him physically or what have you, daddy, I trust you. Whatever you say, I trust you. Then again, she can say, eh, not, not really what I want. You know, um, he, 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 he's not bad looking, but he's not my spec dad. So, yeah. Uh -uh. And so it was completely up to the daughter, believe it or not. A lot of people don't understand that in the biblical days, they still did give the women choices. Um but the dad's perfect will, there were women back then that really had trust in their father. They just trusted their father. So their father said, hey, there's this guy. He's a really good guy. He's, uh, you know, uh, such and such a son, because that's how they would address him. Uh, such and such a son is interested. He came by and he was asking for your hand in marriage uh, today or what have you. So what do you think? And there were daughters that would say, what do you think, dad? And the dad will say, well, he has a very solid father. Um, they're very integral. You know, he's always been a respectful young man. And yeah, I think he'd be good for you. And the daughter will say, okay, let's go for it. And then there were daughters that will say, oh, dad, he cock-eyed. <laughs> dad, he don't look right. I, yeah. Okay. I know he sounds like this. So again, perfect will versus permissive will. Perfect will per versus permissive will. And God's perfect will. And it. In his perfect will, I can go to him and I say, Lord, choose my husband for me. Choose my husband for me. Now, has this man been chosen since the foundation of time? There is a possibility. There is a possibility that God could have chosen him from the beginning because God knew because God is alpha, the beginning and omega, the beginning and the end. Then again, it could be just a, a situation of will, right? It could be a situation of me saying, okay, God, listen. I don't trust me to choose anymore. I've done a, a, I've done a crappy job choosing. So I really need you to make the choice for me and God will get involved and he would make the choice for me and he would choose one person, which is why we can refer to that guy as the one he would choose one person. Now, now we've established that you can decide whether or not you want somebody in God's perfect will, meaning you say, Lord, choose. Now, when you say, Lord, choose, let me just say this. The Lord may not choose somebody that you're physically attracted to. That is, realistically speaking, God looks at the heart of a person. This is what the Bible says. Now, he will give you the desires of your heart. But if I'm surrendering my desires to him, if I'm saying, okay, yes, I prefer to have a guy that looks like this, 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 and this, but I surrender my desires to you, then what happens is I'm overriding that and I'm saying, your will be done. Your will be done in my life. You choose the man for me. And God is going to look at the heart of the person. And God's going to decide based on that man's heart. Now, when God chooses him, I have to make a decision as to whether or not I trust God. Because if God chooses somebody that I'm looking at like, Ugh, okay, I got to squint. Can he turn? God, he, 
Lord, uh, okay, I get it. He got a good heart, but I can't see his heart. I can see his flesh and his flesh. Help me, Lord. You know, I can decide whether or not I want to continue because you still have a choice in a matter. I can decide, um, well, God, yeah, while I trust you, right now, I I, I just can't. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that's completely up to the person. That's completely up to you as an individual as to whether or not you want God's perfect will. Now, I can tell you per, uh, personally, I want God's perfect will because God's permissive will allows me to choose. And the problem with that is that I'm going to choose based on where I am right now, based on what I think I need. I, you, as humans, we have a tendency to choose according to our voids and according to where we think we're heading in life um, or what have you. But God will reroute you, redirect you, and that, per- that person can no longer fit you at some point in your life. Now, that in God's perfect, uh, permissive will for you, they're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, they're single. And so God can say, okay, yes, I give you permission to marry him. And you're like, okay, he's eye candy. I like the way he looks, all of that. Nevertheless, nevertheless. Um, as you begin to journey in this event called life, as you begin to ascend in this event called life, as you begin to go forth in this event called life, your identity, uh, all of the scales are going to continue to fall off of your identity. And as those scales begin to fall off of your identity, um, you're going to start realizing that that person in many cases, they, while they fit you in the last season, they don't fit you in this season. And God, it, God is not a God of divorce. So you can't come back and say, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I don't like him anymore. Here it is, God. You know, I want to be comfortable. You know, I want to make no less than $600,000 a year, right? I want us to make as a couple, no less than $600,000 a year. I want us to do this and I want us to do that. But this guy is a $30,000 a year type dude. He just want to kind of sit around how he really don't want to know what it's like. He don't want to travel the world. He really, he just, he is a good guy. God, listen, he is good. He decent, but he literally don't want to go nowhere. He literally doesn't want to go anywhere. Um, so I can, again, I can go into God's permissive will and I can get into his perfect will. Um, and if I go into his permissive will, there's a big chance that things are going to get real ugly at some point. Now, it's not to say it won't work out. It is to say there will have to be some compromise. If I'm saying I want $600,000 a year um, at minimum, if I say that's what I want and I got a guy that wants $300,000 a year, we might have to settle on $300,000 a year right? We may have to settle on it. And believe it or not, people out there that are married like that, there are people out there who really don't want uh, to achieve much of anything in life. They don't want that because they feel like money comes with problems. They typically are slaves of fear. Um, And so you got to understand that whenever you're getting with somebody, that they are a citizen of a mindset. And you got to find out where they are a citizen of. Are they a slave of fear? Um, Do they belong to the kingdom of fear? Or are they, are, are they citizens of faith? Are they citizens of faith? Another question, and this is the reason why I did this message is, can somebody who God chooses for you reject you? Can it be possible that God can tell you that's your husband and you messed that up or he messed that up? And I'm going to answer that again. God's perfect will. God's perfect will allows you to just get out of God's way and let God choose for you. And God chooses according to what he's called you to. God chooses according to your future. He doesn't choose according to your right now. He chooses according to where you're called to. So here's here's the dynamic between those two relationships. 
when you're dealing with perfect will versus permissive will, let's say permissive will, permissive will, we get along great right now because we fit each other, right? Everything is beautiful. Oh my goodness. We can't stop talking about each other. We hanging around each other overhead because I chose that person according to my height. I chose that person according to my understanding. I chose that, that person because I could relate to that person. But then again, there is God's perfect will. God's perfect will. In many cases, that person may not fit me right now. Now, it's not to say God won't send him right now, but he may not fit me right now. You know, so when we try to get together, we fighting like cats and dogs. You know, so we're having to constantly humble ourselves because what we're doing is a process called merging together. We're in a process of merging together. Aaron sharpens iron. He's sharpening me and I'm sharpening him and it don't feel good. And so and God's perfect will, God chooses and it doesn't make sense to me because I'm just sitting there like, okay, well, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. Uh, and But he has a whole other thing. Um, for me, for example, I'm an introvert. I don't want people all up in my house. Now, I, I may end up married to an extrovert. God forbid. I may end up, God, if God chooses, God may choose a, uh, an extrovert for me. And that extrovert may sit back and want to bring people all up in our house. And that drains me. And so now I'm over there fussing because I don't want to see people. And so we have to try to come up with a compromise. And I'm trying to get him to understand that, that that drains me. I get what you're, I get that you draw energy from people, but that drains me. That drains me. So we may have to come up with a compromise. We may have to come up with a compromise where I have to, we have to have a home that allows him to entertain people without me having to be present in that, uh, AKA we need an outhouse. <laughs> we need a house and we need an outhouse and the outhouse. He can entertain people while I'm in the main house chilling. You know, we, we need an outhouse or what have you, but we, the goal is for us to find solutions because that's what we are as human beings. We are solutionists. The goal is for us to find solutions. Now in the future, I would be singing praises. I'd be like, you know what? Because we didn't get through all these challenges. You know what? I thank God for this man. He is a perfect fit for me. We get each other. We understand each other. I'm telling you, I was I had to travel to New York last week for this event. And, you know, he stayed behind um, with the kids or what have you. And I didn't tell him what I was, you know, going through. I was in a meeting and there was this one girl in the meeting. She was giving me a hard time and I didn't say anything. I'm just sitting in the meeting trying to hold myself together. I said a silent prayer. Next thing I got, a, next thing I know, I get a text message from this man. I'm telling you, we are so connected on so many levels. I get a, a text message from this man and he says, Hold in there, baby. Don't worry about any any haters up in there because you got this. God's got you. God placed you on my heart to just tell you this. And I'm like, oh, I see when I get home, I, I, I love this guy because we are so connected. We are so connected. But that's what happens when you deal with perfect will versus permissive will. Permissive will, he fits today. It's fine. Um, but in the future, we fight like cats and dogs because now in the future, I'm going to grow. He's not growing or he may grow and I'm not growing or we're growing in different directions and we're trying to find some type of way to merge that. And we have to humble ourselves um, and find a way to merge that together. And that's what a lot of relationships end is because they get married within God's per permissive will, which is not sin. But then they don't know how to reconcile it when they begin to grow apart. And this is why we use the term irreconcilable differences, um, because people are going to grow. We are scheduled to grow and people don't want to understand that because we keep thinking that people are going to stay the same as they are. Or we think they're going to grow in the direction we want them to grow in. So now let me go ahead and get to this question real quick, because I'm not going to be before you guys long. Is it possible 
for somebody that was potentially the God-ordained husband to ruin it or for you to ruin it. Like God chose this person for you. Uh, Y'all was supposed to be together, but the person completely ruined the relationship. They ruined their chances with you. And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Now, God is all knowing, but he does not come against human will. And that has to be understood. God gives us permission. God gives us graces. He gives us green lights. So a man, for example, and you know, there's going to be temptation that comes his way. A man, for example, can have a woman that God has, you know, God gives him permission. He prays about her. Uh, God gives him clarification. That's the one. You can marry her. I give you permission. I reveal this. This is my daughter. It's just like biblical days. The man had a choice. But this is the bride price you're going to pay for her. Now, God's idea of a bride price is going to be more like, hey, you go, you got to go die to yourself a little bit more. You got to stop doing this. You got to go, stop doing that. I'm not going to give you permission. Don't you go after her until this is dealt with in your life. I'll tell you when you can go forward or what have you. So that man can decide that the price tag is too high for you. He can make a decision that, hey, I don't want to go through all that. That's just too much work for me. Uh, what have you, Shane, all that anyway. <laughs> you know, that's what people say whenever they don't want to uh, put the work in or put the effort in. Um, he can make that decision. Um, all the same, he can sit back and one of the tests or one of the things that the enemy does is the enemy despises anything that's in God's perfect will because that's going to be a powerful couple. That's going to be a powerful relationship. So what the enemy does is... If there's ever a situation where God chooses a person for another person, the enemy is going to go out of his way. Sorry, got paper towels, guys. Uh, but the enemy is going to go out of his way to uh, intercept or interrupt this. And it actually is very common. Whereas a woman may show interest in a guy that's relatively attractive or what have you. And he may decide, hey, yeah, mm, I think I am interested in her. Um, and even though God has given him permission, God has given him the green light for a, a specific woman, that woman that came his way in some cases, I'm not going to say in every case, but I'll say the majority of cases and a large number of those cases is warfare. Another woman comes his way and, you know, she may identify as Christian. <laughs> Notice I didn't say she's Christian. She could be identify as Christian. Uh, but another woman can come his way. And begin to express interest in him or what have you. And he can get his snare. He can get his snare with her. He can end up uh, pursuing her. Even potentially end up marrying her. Having children with her or what have you. And God's not going to make you wait until he corrects his mistake. God's not going to sit there and make you wait until he gets himself together. Because God, you know, is a God of covenant. You know, he doesn't. Uh, the Bible says he hates a divorce. And so. Even though the man may not have married the one, if that's in God's permissive will, then he made a decision. Um, if he marries somebody that's outside of God's will, period, point blank, then, you know, he still made a decision. God still made a decision. Will God then replace him? Of course. God can and will replace him if you are prayerful and if you get inside the will of God. A lot of women have to understand is you cannot get married outside the will of God. You can't be out here twerking and fornicating and, and not growing in the things of God, not having a prayer life and expect God to bring a man into your life. You can't do that. You can't be out here clapping back at folks and acting crazy and praying and saying, God, when you're going to send my husband, expect God to honor that. 
God wants you to be inside of his will. That is the hall. That is the wedding chapel for you. You need to be in his will to be found. You need to stay in his will. You can't just go in and out of his will. You got to stay in his will. And not only do you have to stay in his will, uh, but you have to have his mind. You got to let God uh, take you through a process of dying to yourself. You got to be willing to make whatever sacrifices God requires of you. And God will bring somebody in his will. Catch this. Catch this revelation. Now, and we're talking about God's perfect will. Let's say God chooses a person for you. And that person rebels. He doesn't do right. He goes out there, meets another female, uh, jumps her bones, and they go get married and what have you. And what have And you're praying. You say, God, you know, I really want to get married and I want your perfect will to be done. I want your perfect will to be done. But God looks and yeah, the one I chose, the one who pretty much asked for you, he 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 kind of he's not doing right. Um, so I'm gonna replace him. I'm gonna replace him. Check this out. There's a possibility that God can replace him with somebody else who was praying about a woman and a woman wasn't doing right. She ran and jumped and married somebody else. You see how that works? Now I say that to say God is all knowing. Did he know all of those things were going to take place? Yes, there is nothing that's hidden from God. God sees the past. He sees the future. He sees the present. He sees it all. Nevertheless, he still gives us the ability to make a choice. So just because he sees it doesn't mean that he controlled it. He stepped out of your he stepped out of your way to allow you to make a choice, but he already knows the decisions that we will make ultimately. So I'm saying that to say you get to decide whether or not you want to be in God's perfect will or you want to be in his permissive will. If you decide to be in God's uh, permissive will, you're not in error. But just remember this. You will be excited in the beginning of that relationship. It's, it's all cookies and gravy when you first get together. It's all beautiful and, oh my goodness, we, 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 this guy, we match. We, we talk, oh, we talk about all these things. But over the course of time, you're going to grow, right? God's perfect will. When you're trying to, you know, get to know each other, there is, you know, a lot of times there's just constant confirmation that he's the one. But at the same time, there's a little buttoning of the heads. It's like, okay, he don't like this about you. You don't like that about him. And it's just a little bit frustrating. It may be even times where people say, y'all sure y'all want to get married? <laughs> y'all sure? Y'all sure y'all for each other? But God's perfect will, God knows the future God knows that in his perfect will, should you choose this particular guy? And he knows whether you'll choose him or not, whether he'll choose you or not. But should you choose this person, God knows that his will will be done through the both of you. And he knows that something beautiful would be born. So you get to decide whether or not you want God's perfect will or God's permissive will. But do understand that humans do have will. Lastly, let me say this because I think this is important for me to note because a lot of times I come in contact with women who are confident, who are passionately uh, believing that God chose a man for them, but the man is with somebody else. You know, he's dating somebody else. Do not play, pray against their relationship. Just because, you know, you believe that he's the one doesn't mean that God said that. You know, this is why the Bible says out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, the thing is established. And uh, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You need counselors. You need to talk to some people uh, to make sure that you get confirmation on that. And then, too, if you get confirmation and but this man is in a relationship with somebody else, you need to just walk away and let God choose somebody else. Now, 
that relationship could potentially end and you end up marrying the person. It has happened or what have you, but don't pray against that relationship. Because if you begin to pray against that relationship, you are engaging in witchcraft. You never pray against the will of another human being. That is error. That is witchcraft. It is actually relatively common. There are women who genuinely believe they heard from God and they engage in praying against relationships and they fall into the trap of witchcraft. Um, it's not necessary. The thing about it is you just have to trust God and know that God knows what he's doing and God will bring the right man in time. Anyhow, I love you. I hope this message blessed you and God bless you.